characteristics, I think, of our time <coughs> is a sort of fragmentation of society. It seems that people, even as the world becomes more global, more, um, more tightly connected, people are concerned to make their worlds smaller. Brotherhood of man has been narrowed down to nationalistic states who war against each other. Nations are themselves divided up into squabbling interest groups. And there are lots of people who encourage that sort of identity group warring against one another, all trying to get a piece of the pie and crying foul when someone else is perceived to get more. Concern for the well-being of towns and cities is narrowed down to concern over only my neighbor. School teachers talk of a rise in cliquishness and even more clearly defined groupings of students along ethnic and economic lines. And then more recently in history, we have the sad phenomenon of the loner, who may or may not erupt into violence. These are all signs of a narrowing of our horizons, an attempt of people to make their world small. And the end result of this is very sad. Sociologists will tell you that the number one disease of North Americans is loneliness. And that is why this morning's epistle is such a challenge for us. St. Paul describes the kind of society, the kind of people, the kind of church that God calls us to be. And Paul, more eloquently perhaps than anyone else in Scripture, speaks of the interconnectedness of God's people, all of them bound together with an intimacy so intense
the church, things that intellectually we know, but we need to be reminded of. So first Paul reminds us that while the whole body is meant to be unified, it is not uniform. Like the human person, the church is fearfully and wonderfully made. And as we spoke about last week, there are varieties of gifts and talents among the members of the body, and even different temperaments. And is it true that the world seems so monotonous and bland when compared with the glorious variety of the personality of the saints? And God knows there's a lot of personality in this parish. <laughs> We need to be aware of, as always, of extremes. One extreme is for those whose gifts aren't the most conspicuous to get a sort of spiritual inferiority complex. But no, we are reminded that everyone, high and low, rich and poor, old and young together, has received gifts from God for ministry. And I assure you that there are quiet, almost unnoticed people in this parish who have very profound spiritual gifts. And the other extreme is for other more noticeable or more flashy parts of the body to feel superior over the weaker members when in fact they have been given those greater gifts precisely servants of others, of him to whom much is given, much is expected, says our Lord. And Paul's message is that God has arranged the organs of the body, each of them as he chooses, and all of these diverse parts come together to form one unified living body with Christ as the head. We're all in it together. Secondly, by using the image of the body of the church, Paul is underlining the fact that there is no such thing as a solitary, local, self-sustaining Christian. You cannot be a Christian by yourself. Once upon a time, a woman whose faith had been slowly dying went to visit a wise old priest. They sat before the fire in the living room. The old priest took a pair of tongs and picked a glowing ember out of the fire and put it on the hearth. In a few moments, the ember ceased to glow. The priest took the ember up. He put it back into the fire and began to glow again. And the woman knew precisely why she was losing her faith. A Christian who holds herself apart from other members of the body, who says, I have no need of you, is like an ember out of the fire. And it is as members of the body that we are nourished week by week with the supernatural food, the body and blood of Christ. As members of the body, we hear God's words preached and proclaimed and applied to our lives. And as members of the body, we are strengthened and encouraged 
by the other members, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then a third thing follows from this. If one member suffer, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. In other words, there is mutual accountability and responsibility in the body. These responsibilities include contributing of our time, our talent, and our wealth. We are responsible for not scandalizing the other parts of the body in our word or behavior. We are to strive for peace and unity with other members. And our most important responsibility is to be present with the body when it gathers on Sunday. This is not only a matter of obeying the commandment to remember God's day and keep it holy. It's a matter of ensuring that the body is functioning optimally. You know, if even one of us is not here, the whole church is weakened. One less voice sings the hymns. One less voice makes the amen to the prayers. One less heart is lifted up to the Lord. One less person stands shoulder to shoulder with his brothers and sisters in Christ. In other words, the body is diminished. It is not what it could be. And not only that, I am not what I could be. My world has become smaller. And I am 